0: Welcome to the Shelf Life Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cheyenne, and this is the podcast about books, libraries, and working with teenagers, which is always fun. And (laughs) uh, I'm a graduate student in library school, and I work with my two lovely co-hosts, Anne and Julie, who you'll get to know more about. So here we go.
1: Well, I'm Anne. I've been working in libraries for over 30 years. However, I am not as old as you might imagine. I hardly ever wear my hair in a bun, and I do wear heels. <laughs> when your foot's not broken. <laughs> oh, yeah, I broken. I keep breaking my toes, which is another story. But I have been able to wear heels under those circumstances, which is very important to me. So I I've, I've have I've lots of fun stories about um, working in libraries with the regard catalogs and stop laughing <laughs> <laughs> and actually having to file cards in card catalogs and at some point I'll tell you about the special tools that we use to type cards because I can't wait for that one <laughs> <laughs> um, I have worked in a few different environments um, community college I worked at is it okay if I say I work at Caltech do you think
2: we I w- already said it, so it's done. I, I worked <laughs> at
1: the astrophysics library at Caltech. That's fine. Okay. And was able to um, have Caltech pay for my graduate education, which was really, really awesome. So shout out to them. And We're not sponsored by them. No. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to them as an educational institution that supports people who work there have worked at a high school library now for 15 years and um, also have worked part-time at a public library for about 15 years and I have a lot of fun working with Julie and Cheyenne and now Julie is going to talk about herself a little bit.
2: I'm Julie and I have been working as a high school librarian for eight years Mm -hmm. now and Mm -hmm. actually I came to this career very late in life. I actually started out theater, political science major, and worked for House Representatives and IBM. And then I had children, and I decided to stay home with them. And um, by the time they were in school, I really wanted to go back to work, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I volunteered at the school a lot, and I noticed that the the school librarian never had big stacks of paper to grade, and she never had to talk to parents. So I thought, you know, that might be for me because I love to read. I've always read a lot. I've always been in multiple book clubs, so I thought, um, and I like technology, so I thought it would be really fun. And you like children. Yes, older. I like older children. I really love teenagers, which, um, you know, is kind of funny because when you tell people you work with teenagers, they kind of look at you like, ooh, how do you do that? And and I actually really, I enjoy working with teenagers. I think they're um, smarter than we give them credit for, and it's really fun working with them and seeing them grow and mature and
1: well we have a tagline too for helping teenagers what is that yeah we're aggressively helpful oh we
2: are aggressively helpful because sometimes they're afraid to ask for help Mm -hmm. and I don't know why that is (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because when they ask me if they can use a stapler I'm like "Mm, not today (laughs) it's fun to have fun with them
1: yeah well we and we lurk we watch them yeah (laughs) we stalk them when we when we think maybe they need help we, we will approach them.
2: The best thing them. is when they ask for a book recommendation and we're yeah. both like, oh, no, your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Very fun. So I'm happy to be here, too. And this is exciting to do a podcast because I've been listening to podcasts and they're really fun. And I think we're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And, and hopefully we will enlighten um, the general public about the importance of libraries
2: and librarians. And if not, they're just going to hear a lot of cool <laughs> stories. <laughs> and it gives us a chance to talk about books, which is something I love yeah. to do because yeah. Cheyenne and I are in a, a bit of a contest with Goodreads. I, I read a hundred... won. Yeah, she won. I, won, I, I read 115 <laughs> books yeah. last year. And how many do you read, Cheyenne? I read
0: 200, exactly. A 200. lot of them were comic books, but it still counts.
2: Well, I read a lot of plays, so... <laughs> What's your goal this year? 100 again.
0: But I'm going <laughs> to, my goal last year was 100, but I doubled it because I read so many graphic novels and I had people tell me that they did not count. People? So
1: people told you that. Yes. No. Actually, me? <laughs> no, because I don't remember that. No, you
0: did not tell me that. It was my friend, my comic book friend. He's like, no, you have to read actual books for those to count. And I'm like, really? Really? And so I doubled it to make him see that I can read a lot. Anyways,
2: so good for you. <laughs> So we're big readers. We can't wait to talk about books mm-hmm. yes. and teenagers and crazy things that they do. And public libraries. And that whole
1: universe is quite interesting, too.
2: So tell me about a story of working with teenagers. There's so many. Mm-hmm. But I think one um, that comes to mind is a research project that the, the students were assigned. Um, they had to research. They were assigned different Native American tribes. And they were to find out information about the tribes, and the teacher had given them a list of things that they were to find out: culture, where they were from, um, what the daily life was like in the tribe, um, what their religious practices were. There was a list of things. And what grade was this? Oh gee, I don't know. Sophomores were they sophomores? Yeah, with
1: sophomores. sophomores. Yeah, it was sophomores they were young.
2: Sure. <laughs> pretty They sure. were. They were pretty young. Mm-hmm. So they got. To, um, come into the library for our working day. And we, being the amazing librarians that we are, pulled together um, a lot of books in the collection, so they were right there um, for them to use. And they also were able to look at websites, et cetera. So we had one lovely student come and ask us a very interesting question. And what was the question that she asked? Do you remember? Well,
1: she she wanted to know where she could find the information about daily life, and I can't remember the tribe. Can you remember the tribe? Let's just say Cherokees. Okay. So we went to the books, and we went through some of the things that would apply, like what they ate and the kinds of activities that
2: they did with their kids. She basically said there's nothing in this book on the daily life of Native Americans. And so I helped her and and, and I said, "Well, well, you know, it it may not exactly say there may not be a chapter that mm-hmm. says daily life, but there's going to be information about what what they did." And she didn't understand what that meant. She's like, well, "What are you talking about?" So I, I It was like, we had this moment of not being able to communicate. So I said, well, what do you do daily? (laughs) (laughs) And she just looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, like you eat food. You... you (laughs) You go to school. You you, know, have, you read books. You do things for entertainment. Um, you have chores maybe that you have to do. So these are all things that comprise your daily life. So what you're trying to find out is what do these Native Americans do in their daily life? And, she, and I said, does that make sense? And she looked me straight in the eye and nodded her head, yes. But then I found out later, <laughs> she approached Cheyenne. Yes.
0: And so I helped her looking through some of the books for daily life and I tried to talk to her about how you can use the index to just kind of see what other things that might pop out like entertainment, sports, uh, anything else. And, And then I tried helping her with some websites and she could not get past using the words daily life. That was the only thing she was looking for in the books. The only thing she kept Googling, and it was just not reaching her. And I, I ran out of time with her at that point because we were closing. And then... <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I was like, come back tomorrow and speak to one of the other librarians because this, this is my first year working with students. And I'm like, maybe I'm just not doing this right. So I come back the next day, and, and then, of course, she comes back because I obviously don't know what I'm doing. And I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing
2: either. <laughs> no. She. I think she shopped all three of us for the, the oh, she, answer that she wanted. She did. did. She hit you next.
1: She, she did. She talked to me as well. And then I think what she ended up doing was going home and doing her own interpretation because we really didn't give her the answer that she was looking for
0: what does this say
1: about students and their research they're very literal and they're not used to probably understanding that librarians have a certain
2: knowledge base that is helpful well and i think it it also showed that they're so used to having with google and the internet access to immediate information and access to that information Information and the way they phrase or frame the question that it's very difficult for them to pick up a book And find that same information because they can't keep their mind open to different ways of asking for that information. So, for example, daily life, she couldn't get beyond the words daily life. And if it didn't have daily life in the index, she wouldn't look up a different term. Yeah. Yeah. Which was frustrating.
1: But we did not give up. And I think... I think I found out that she did her own thing when she came back and I asked her, and it was the next week, how her research was going. Because we don't just kind of send these kids off. We really do check back with them and circle back and... We really want them to, you know, to feel confident as people looking for information.
0: And that did help us because after that, we all started trying to help them come up with different terms in most of their research projects as alternatives and keywords to use instead of just going with the exact prompt that they're looking for.
1: And that? has actually been eye-opening for them. I think that when we do it with a specific topic, we are working with them one-on-one a lot, and they are actually seeing how using different terminology in a database and even Googling can give you um, things that they didn't get when they were
2: first Googling Mm -hmm. the topic.
0: So those are some tips out there for other librarians especially if you work with teenagers they need help
2: and you need a lot of patience. Yeah,
1: Yeah. patience. Patience. I think maybe that's probably why I'm able to work as a librarian. People have said to me, you're so patient Anne and and I think that um, it's really important to give people your full attention and really important to listen to them and listen to what they're not asking. I I got a lot of really good practice doing reference interviews when I when I first was working in libraries, and you develop relationships with people when you do that as
2: well. Good point. <laughs> do we have a? So <laughs> the book that you guys were just talking about was the Ninth House by Lee. I can't pronounce her last name. Bardugo. Bardugo. I keep saying Barducci, Barluki, <laughs> <laughs> Bardugo, um, Bertinelli. Who, 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 this is her first book for adults. She's written YA books as well. So, um, I heard about this book, um, actually on like NPR and they were raving about it. Uh, and, um, I was like, great, I got to read it. And the premise of the book sounds fantastic. So it's set in Yale university and it's all about these secret societies or g- groups at Yale. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, secret societies, Illuminati, this is going to be really, you know, great. And I was so disappointed. So the main character is just, she's from the wrong side of the track. She doesn't know how she got into Yale University. She shows up and she gets put into this house or society. And the role of the house or society that she gets put in is basically to police these other societies to make sure that in their rituals and their sacrifices that they don't go too far. And if they do, which they often do, she has to kind of clean things up. Which sounds great on the surface, but she's obnoxious and all of the the character is hmm. obnoxious and all of these people in these secret societies are like really pretentious like all the things that that you stereotype ivy league people to be and they feel like they're above the law that they, they can do any of these things that they want to do because they're this privileged few and nobody in this book is is the least bit likable i'm sorry i was just interrupted by ann's stomach growling but well i'll just keep going the story maybe, is also making yeah. me very hungry. Maybe you should yeah. maybe you need a donut because you know I, I, talking about secret societies no. in Yale really makes one hungry.
1: This, this is one of the, the problems that I have that they they cancel me about. Forgetting about eat. Yeah, I didn't eat today. Okay. <laughs> I often don't realize it until
2: I start making very big, yeah. obnoxious noises. Your stomach lets us know that you, it's time to eat. and is it time for you to take a break? So make a note, moderator, that before we start our podcast, <laughs> Ann needs to eat something okay. so I don't get interrupted by a growling stomach. And I, I do have pumpkin bread over okay. there if you want. So I don't know. I think, you know, part of the problem with this book is there's there's nobody likable in it. So there's nobody that you're really rooting for that you want, you know, to see do well, Um, which I guess that's like a a, something that I have to have in a book. There has to be somebody that I I don't have to, like, agree with what they're doing. They don't have to be my favorite person, but I have to feel somewhat vested in them and want them to succeed or do well. And I, I just or learn felt, something, or learn something or have a character, arc. Have a character yeah. arc. And, and I just remember reading this book and, and thinking it's going to get better. It's going to get better. You know, those books where you're like 50 pages, 60 pages in, and it still sucks. And you're like, God, what do I do? Do I just quit? You do. do I keep, and I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, I feel vested. I have to finish it. Maybe it's going to get better in the end. And it was just absolutely horrible. And then, you know, when you read something that's really horrible, you just assume everybody else is going to feel that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you like, do I,
2: I I do and and so I was at this uh, book club kind of meeting and we were talking we were talking about about potential books, you know, to read, and this lovely lady who I completely admire and we have the same taste in books she she suggested that we read the ninth house, and before I could stop myself. <laughs> I exploded with a, what? That book is one of the worst books I've ever read in my whole life. We can't read that. And she looked at me and she's like, well, but I, my husband went to Yale and he read it and he really liked it. And, and then I, cause I couldn't stop myself. I'm like, well. She's invested
0: at that point. I'm like,
2: I'm sure he's really smart, but I can't, I can't imagine why he would like such a stupid book. This book was horrible. And everybody across the table just kind, because of, there were other people in the room besides Wait, just the two of us. Conversation it was a group. stopped. Yes, it was a group of people. And the and the person sitting next to me was a young person, like Cheyenne, and and she <laughs> a millennial, yeah. and, and she said, "Well, she's all the rage. This author, everybody is talking about about you know her book might get made into a movie, and there's going to be a sequel." And then I go, "What? A sequel?" <laughs> And then the person next to me is like, "You don't have to read it, Julie. <laughs> and then I said to the millennial cuz I respect her too. I'm like, "Well, what did you think of the book?" She's like, "Well, I haven't read it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, we'll talk when you have read." But then I felt really bad and I couldn't really dial myself back cuz I'd already No, you can't put usually. it out there. But, you know, you either really, And I think that's the problem of, you know, when you really, really dislike something that you really just want, it's hard to not... It's hard for you. I think I gave it one star on Goodreads. That's I, like I a, think it's very... But you diff- looked it up and it was like two. That's, yeah. that's it's, a slam.
1: It's difficult for you, Julie, because, and I think this is what makes you a great colleague and a great librarian and a great reader, is that you are so passionate about the books you read and you read widely so you you have things that you you have a very um a varied taste and um I'm not usually this <laughs> oh <either>. my god <laughs> Stop, <laughs> i, I am going again I need to <laughs> eat okay she's gonna pass out people <laughs> <on>. <laughs> We're losing her, Anne. She she really, really reads a lot, and she knows what's good and she knows what's not good. Well, I thought I did. Well, you do. I totally
2: respected this person who loved this book, and now I'm really anxious about it. I really want you two to read this book. I don't want to read it if it's (laughs) awful. I hope I like it personally so we can can start arguing. I think it'd be fun. And that's what (laughs) I I want somebody to tell me why this was such a good book. I don't know why this person thought it was a good book because it was awful. No offense, Lee Bardugo or Barducci (laughs) or whatever her name is. And all the Hollywood people like her. She's a huge star.
1: But I just... Well, we won't go into ishy on Reese Witherspoon's.
2: Oh, uh, oh no! But I forgot. A no, but I forgot to tell you. When I had my outburst with this group, okay, <laughs> when I had my outburst, the woman that was sitting to the right of the woman who who actually loved the book, she made eye contact with me, and but silently shook her head and mouths, I hated it. And I'm like, well, what? I looked at her. I'm like, speak up if you don't want to. I'm here by myself. Speak up. And she was just—you like, were I speaking. Didn't like it. You were speaking for everyone. Yeah, I felt bad about that. I need to tone it down. I'm starting to lose my filter. <laughs> <laughs> I got to. I got I to keep it in the head and not let it no, get down to no, the don't do that. vocal cords. I'm. I'm way too
1: careful about what I say. I worry about. Hurting people's feelings (laughs) you don't.
2: Not really. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) There should be a happy medium.
0: There is. There is. So that's the end of this episode. It's time for us to check out word of the day
2: a word of the day shall i go look at the the calendar you gave me for i think we should i think we should use um the word of the day that your um, stepson introduced us to in the context of it foresight Um, foresight no it
1: It was foreseeing 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 yeah I didn't even know that was a word. I think it was foresight or foreseeing. So what does that word mean, Cheyenne? You're the one who has a computer in front of her. I thought you guys knew this
2: word already. Well, I do. Okay, then tell it. Well, being able to know what's going to happen before it happened. And we were... He, Which makes sense if you yeah. break it down, foresight. Well, he
1: said... Um, he wished you foresight in and 2020. Then... <laughs> In a text, which we were all kind of—I was baffled—and and even, even our Zo- Zoomer, are you a Zoomer? No, I'm. I prefer
0: the. Ter- I prefer millennial. I'm on the edge here, and I'm the token millennial of this group, by okay, the way. Okay, and I'm just the, to the
1: listeners now. I, I am <laughs> the end of the Boomer generation, and I'm Gen X. Go eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so I, none of us could figure out yeah. why, except that perhaps. He's just a rather eccentric young man, which we know, and he has a way with strange phrases and um, and unique ways of putting things.
2: But then we thought about it a little more, wow. right? Because foresight, you wow. know, being able to see things, and then the year is 2020, and but hi- you know, hindsight you, is 2020. Do you remember? Foresight tw- I, I don't know. Do you remember? Do
1: you remember how we learned that, though?
0: Not through their own i think britney's the one who just no it was
1: Ellen. We... Oh. it was Ellen, which i was amazed that she could understand what uh it
2: was almost like cracking a code
1: <laughs> what well, my it's stepson was code. talking about it. she
2: was like oh well maybe he
1: meant this and i was like oh we're so smart aren't we <laughs> and that's the trouble with
2: texting sometimes it's hard to understand what people well are especially when seeing. especially when you have <laughs> autocorrect right Exactly. So foresight, the word of the, the day, I think. is it. Use it in a sentence, Diane. I dare you. <laughs> you know I'm not good on the spot. No, I know. Actually, it's actually hard to put a word in a sentence sometimes. Well, remember at the faculty
1: meeting, fruition. Oh. Fruition. That's the word I was thinking of. I thought it was something Fruition, like yeah. And, and, and somebody used it that day. Our, that our happened to be one of one our of our One of our faculty members was talking about something important, and she used it. Fruition.
2: A good one mm-hmm. we will be bringing you more words <laughs> hopefully, hopefully better ones i think fruition and foresight are absolutely
1: fine although it's very alliterative although although i propose next time we talk about draconian <laughs> look it up okay you'll see why okay. i might gotcha. like it okay okay well what do you think Cheyenne sound engineer and baby librarian is that okay if I call you a baby librarian yes you don't mind no I don't mind I don't mean it in a condescending way mm-hmm. I just mean that you're so much younger than me <laughs> <laughs> I like it honestly <laughs> um, we could also
0: talk a little
2: bit about your reading preferences if you mm-hmm. want to do that oh what do I well, like to read you like everything yeah. I do like everything unless I don't and then I'm usually pretty passionate <laughs> about it um um, I, I really love nonfiction though, I have to say, especially when it's really well written and I feel like I'm learning something new. Um, I like fiction, but I really tend towards literary fiction. It has to I really like beautiful writing, so it's difficult for me to read something that's not well written.
0: And what kind of nonfiction? like what topics are you normally interested in?
2: History? Primarily, really history, and and I always loved history um, as a student too. So and science, believe it or not, because science is a subject that's really hard for me. So when I can read it in a, in a in a book and it's written by someone who can you know explain it in a way that I can understand it, that to me is very special. So
1: yeah. Okay. What she, about
2: you, Anne? She reads a lot. Oh yeah. She
1: reads more than I do, and that could be because
2: she's a part-timer.
1: That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I am so
2: part-time, which I remind people of. Yeah.
1: And she does, and she doesn't want to be a full-timer, which is fine. We want her to be happy. We want her to stay with us as long as we can keep her. We want her happy. Um, I have a very eclectic taste, and, um, I can, I can more easily say what I don't particularly read a lot of um i don't read a lot of sci-fi fantasy um i don't read i don't read romance um popular best-selling it has to be something that again like julie said has just that literary fiction um angle to it it has to be well written um i do have a very um I have a great fondness for true crime. Um, the other thing that I'm really interested in and fascinated by is, well, I can be all hoity-toity and say epidemiology, um, but, 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 the tr- but the truth is, I just love books about diseases. Okay. <laughs> And, um, you know, like typhoid Mary and cholera outbreaks and rabies, rabies is my favorite. And people get so creeped out when I say, oh, you should read this book. Um, I think it was called Rabid. Rabid. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. It's a good one, actually. It was
2: really, did you read it? I think so. I, are you sure? I'll go check and see if my name's on the card. <laughs>
1: So, so um I just I'm fascinated by those things and I um you know it's it's a it's a little morbid but I just find it really interesting. So when when a new one comes out about the plague or or the influenza the Great Influenza. Oh, that's I, a good one. Yeah. I get very excited. How about you,
2: Cheyenne?
0: I lean towards more fantasy and a little bit of sci-fi, but lately my tastes kind of changed. on the regular. I Lately, I've been reading a lot of graphic novels, as I, as I said before, but mostly superhero stuff and pretty much anything with a strong female character I'm interested in and superpowers are definitely an interest. And otherwise, like, I haven't read much of many bestsellers lately or even any new stuff, but I do like YA. That's usually where I gear towards for my book tastes. So we all have a very eclectic. vast, eclectic um, interest in books and very different from one another. So our books of the week and our reviews will change based on that too as well. So we'll give you a variety of things to listen to.
1: Mm -hmm. And I probably will be careful about the gory details. Oh, no, you need to share all the gory details. (laughs) That's
2: what we're here for.
1: Well, that whole thing about... Um, now that you're a cat owner.
2: Oh, cat scratch fever? No. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: no. About that parasite that controls your brain now.
2: Oh, yes. When you- mm-hmm. So we, we
1: don't have to go into it okay. now, but we'll share it later. Yeah, we'll talk about that it. That was and in
2: a book. What one was it? Well, it was in a book. Oh, it was in the Dueling Neurosurgeon book, wasn't it?
1: It was in one of those books. Sam Keen books. It was in oh, one Sam of those, Keen. and it's really interesting
2: how... We're definitely going to get into some fun yeah. science books. Yeah something for everyone.
1: You're just going to be surprised at how you're going to want more and more cat because my dog's not going to like that. Beca- because it's this it's this parasite. It's going to take over your brain. Or she's just
2: a cat lady at heart. Well, yeah, says the person whose t-shirt has a cat
1: with an <laughs> alien
2: on it, but you can't see that so I have to tell you.
1: Yeah, well she she kind of stole that cuz Because my whole, um, I have a big t-shirt collection of space cats. Yes. But to be fair, mine is a
0: very subcategory of that, as it is an alien riding a cat who is on a rainbow in space. It's a subcategory
2: of space Mm -hmm. cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We've digressed to cats. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yes, yes. We have to go now so Anne can eat before, (laughs) before, before her stomach pipes up again.
0: So that's all for now. Don't forget to return your books and return for our next episode. And no
1: water damage, (laughs) please.